You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everybody. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert. And I'm so excited to have with me today another superpower expert, Tatiana Berende, who is magical. She is amazing in the body, love, all things yummy, gooey, feminine-y, and, and creative and powerful in the feminine as well. And so I'm really excited to have her on the show. We're talking today about self-love and the body. And um, it's, that's a really powerful topic. So I'm going to have her jump in here and say hello. Hi, Tatiana. Hi, Tonya. So thanks for having me again on here. Of course. We, we have such fun today. conversations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were talking earlier. It's like, maybe we should be recording this. Like, we're <laughs> brilliant and everybody wants to hear us. Oh, goodness. So, so we're talking about self-love in the body. And, and one of the things you and I agree upon wholeheartedly is that the body piece, the embodiment piece, how we move energy through the body, you know, we're, we're only really embarking on the magic of the body, but I find that a lot of folks in their self-actualization, spiritual journeying, um, woo-woo, magical, whatnot, kind of get caught up in what is the body, right? What is it? What isn't it? Is it of divine source? Is it not of divine source? Is it totally an illusion? And all these other things. So I think the concept of self-love as it relates to the body is kind of confusing for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you actually bring up a, a good point. I was having a conversation with a friend just the other day about her sort of spiritual journey, and she was in a in a more classical Indian context, and and a lot of the work was about transcending the body, and and yet it wasn't jiving with what she was having direct experiences of in her life because. I think when it comes down to it, a lot of our experience is through this physical body, is through our senses. That's how we take in information and, and process it. And, you know, someone who, after my brother died, was communicating with him, said he came back and said, everything is energy and information um, from the other side. That was his message. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think the body is our tool of how we interpret information and how we receive information and process and transmute it in this realm that we're in here on planet earth. Um, well, and, and that's, and I think that that's the kicker. And so, so maybe, maybe the conversation should start with something like, okay, well, what is the goal? Like if, if your goal is enlightenment and transcendence, then, then the body is, is a trap, you know, it's kind of like a, a prison, you know, your own little version of hell, if you will, um, from, from that angle. If your process or what you're here for. I want to challenge that for a second because I actually have had what, what could be called enlightenment experiences through my physical sensations. And that's the tantric path is enlightenment through the body. So, well, but I would contend that's something different. Like, um, because the second, in my opinion, with the second you throw the body into it, you're basically saying here, right? The body is what allows us to operate in time and space in like a specific construct. Mm -hmm. And so me, you know, and of course everything gets really fuzzy because everyone uses terms differently. But I think if, if we can kind of 
be a little more abstract and go, okay, either there's this up and out kind of idea or, you know, which is like at death, you know, the separation at death mm-hmm. of the, the spirit mm-hmm. and the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can even argue if that's a total separation or, or any of that stuff. Or, you know, I, I think, I think what superpower experts exist in the world to, to, to embody and to show is that it's, we chose to be here. Right. So, so let, so if we're going to take like this snapshot of like, okay, why here, why now, why in this way, that's a much more like integrated conversation. Mm -hmm. And so when we apply enlightenment, you know, whatever the words might be like the spiritual journey concepts to the embodiment integration job or, or service or work or contribution we're here to do. I think that may be where part of the confusion starts to come into, into play for folks. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Well, cause I, and on a certain level, you know, I heard you say like, we're, we're here and, and this comes up for me a lot with that idea or that conversation about transcending the body. It's like, well, if you really want to transcend the body, why did you come and inhabit one? Right. Well, but, but there's, there's merit in that too. Some people would, would claim that they come in, to the body because there was a certain lesson they had to learn so that they could continue with the transcendence. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, and maybe, maybe the answer is it's all of it. Maybe it's, it's, it's all of it because depending on what experience that particular soul wants to have, it's all available, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and perhaps that, but, and me, and, and maybe what we're leading up to is there's merit in saying, what is your goal? <laughs> you know, like, like I'm very clear. My goal is to do work here. And that's where all the verbiage of look, you climb up the mountain, but then you got to walk down the other side of the mountain and do the work in the world. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe it's just that not everyone signed on for that work. Right. Yeah. I think, I think diversity of experience is definitely in place here <laughs> and needs to, needs to be honored and acknowledged, but I'm with you in that, like, what my my goal here is to be here in the world and to to beautify it as much as possible well and and it's even as you said that part of me went too well perhaps there's diversity of experience and or perhaps though that represents different stages um because i know that in my journey i've experienced all of those you know i i often you know claim the fact that i was a certified earth hater you know and body hater and just like ah this is gross and it's heavy and it's dense and I don't want to be here and it stinks you know um and that was a part of my phase and at that moment when I was going through that part of my process it was like get me the hell out of here like I you know I I don't want to be here like why would I come here type of thing um and I'm not suggesting that that's an arrested development state for everybody it was for me you know that was that was how I was using that phase Um, so I don't know, you know, you know, a lot of the works that I'm, I'm attracting these days are, are making very bold claims that that integrated work is the work right now. Um, now is that true for everybody or is that just what I'm attracting because that's what I'm doing? You know, you never know. But, um, so anyway, I I think that that, that conversation could go on for eons. Right. I love our conversations, Jenny. We always end up in places I never expect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, let's circle back to where, where we started the dialogue around, you know, self-love and the body. And what, how, how do you kind of tie those two things together? 
Hmm. I, I personally don't believe you can be fully um, experiencing self-love if you're not allowing yourself the sensations that the body offers and to really move through them um, and to enjoy them. Um, yeah, without attachment and without overindulging. I think there's a, there's a real there's a real play that can happen with self-love through the body, with self-love of the body. I know as women, um, I've dealt with this myself a lot in my life of hating my body, hating the way it looks, hating the way I feel in my body. And it's kind of hard to, um, to love your life, to love other people, to love your experience um, here on earth if you're hating your body. Um, and for me, it's been, it's been a gradual process. It's been a titrating process of going back and forth from experiences of total oneness and unity and love with all things. And then like back here in this human form of like, oh, I wish I had a little less of that jiggle going on in that place sometimes, you know. Um, but really for me, the more that I can allow myself to enjoy what my physical body allows me to do, not just like enjoy tastes and flavors and aromas. That's a really wonderful piece too. But like my body can run and jump and dance and make love and like all of these, all of these things that I'm here to experience um, and enjoying the full spectrum of it um, for me is really, for me, that's what self-love through the body looks like. Well, and, and I, I really appreciate what you're talking about because it brings up all kinds of questions around, like, how do we manage that and navigate that space when, you know, it's not just about how we feel about our body, but we're talking about eons of programs and oh God, yeah. um, stories and collective conscious and, and, and media. I mean, we could go on forever about how oppressed we are about our bodies, but, but ultimately that doesn't really serve anything. And so what we're talking about is like kind of taking control of that and saying, okay, like I get that I've got all this stuff stored in me and I get that I'm getting inundated with these messages and I get, and I get, and I get, and I believe that there's a way to move beyond that. Absolutely. And what does that look like? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's true that to stay there doesn't serve. I think for some people it serves as a part of the journey to, because some people don't, aren't even aware. There are a lot of women in our country that don't know that like, wow, 9 million women were killed for being empowered women in the European historical lineage like that's a that's the a piece of information that might be a really important part of someone's awakening journey as they're going through that process and so to move through all of the things that that brings up and all of the places that one can feel that stored in our cellular memory i think can be a really important part of the journey but to stay there is not is not going to serve in the long run um well and i, I want to jump in here because i mean oh my gosh like i'm like you know, because we, there's so much, um, I, I think we're dangerously close to a dichotomy in our society around what it looks like to be truly empowered. And I think we're on the brink of really being able to move beyond the victim story 100%. And 
it's scary, you know, because it's like, and we're seeing the resistance. You and I have talked about this and it's super sophisticated resistance Oh yeah, to that, you know, and it's like way over intellectualized and we can talk circles for days around, um, you know, um, like I, I don't have another way to say it other than it's hyper intellectualized. The, um, the concepts of, okay, well, to stand in our power means that we have to fight and to stand in our power means that, that we have to be um, in opposition to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pulling the layers off of that and saying that in and of itself is a fear. Yeah. Um, but how do you, you know, how do we really kind of illuminate that without falling into the trap of negating what's come before? Or maybe that is the secret sauce actually is that you do kind of have to negate what came before. Um, I find myself often saying things like, you know, when you can stare something in the face and deny its existence, that's when you know you're ready to move into a completely new vibrational space. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that was a lot of whatnot that just happened there. But you see how all that ties together. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's not – for me, I, I, the, the words negating its existence, there's something that doesn't quite sit for me. For me, it's being able to stare something in the face – and almost like see through it mm-hmm. um and see I, li- I like to be much more dramatic yeah <laughs> <laughs> if it's not dramatic i'm really not interested <laughs> uh, uh, that's how i entertain myself <laughs> oh i love you <laughs> but yeah just being able to see like see the fold picture see all of the it's almost like I get this image of like time freezing and all of a sudden all of the different components are coming apart and you can see all of the facets of how the machine is all working together and then it kind of dissolves on a certain mm-hmm. um, the matrix yeah exactly exactly well and, and it was in, it's interesting you bring this up because there was a section and I was I was talking with Justin about it earlier this morning about some of the verbiage that's utilized in um, the course in miracles is the difference between grievances versus miracles. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that the miracles lie right behind the grievances, but as long as we Mm -hmm. choose to grip the grievances, we can't see it. Mm -hmm. Um, And for whatever reason, like that's not language I would typically use, but it really resonated. It was like that because I talk about like, are you operating from a high frequency or low frequency? Like it's just choice. You know, we had it, we had a, an experience with Neva last night in that regard of like, what is going on? And she's like, I have no idea. And it's like, okay, well, let's just look at the options here. You know, are you in power enough within yourself to say in this moment, I'm choosing to love versus to be in fear of something. I'm like, where, where did that fear happen? And it was a minute little itty bitty trigger. But you know, when you, when you look at all the overlays and the stories and then will this upset me? And, and it's like, I don't think any of that's truth, but it's those grievances that we grip, like with these white knuckles, like, you know, and that desire to be right and to prove something. And, 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 and at the end of the day, it, it's fear. It's these little pieces of us that are like deathly afraid of what it would look like to just simply be in love and connection. Yeah. And I want to, you know, you're, what you're saying is actually bringing up something for me that's related to what we were talking about before we got on this call. Um, because 
I think there's, there's something about, you know, these, these states, these emotional states that when we can feel them just as energy in our body without the story attached to them, like fear, when you feel fear, what happens? There's, there's like certain physical things that are taking place in your body. And it's, I, I believe that if we can shift the mind to be focused in that moment on the physical experience, the physical experience gets to run its course. It's like a wave. It's going to run through the body and then it's done. And if we can let that happen, there's a, there's a freedom in that because then we don't have to be attached to whatever stories we then overlay onto that physical experience of, you know, the tingling in the chest and the, it running down the, the fingers and, you know, feeling your heart pounding faster and whatever, you know, when you start to just say like, Oh, what's happened? What's this physical experience that's going on? The story can, can be unraveled. Well, and, and it's so interesting because this really hits into some of the stuff that I was working on when um, I, I started, what, what appealed to me about the superpower design work where we talk about like how people receive intuition and what their predisposed superpowers are and stuff was that was the, that was the beginning phases of me really grasping that that is exactly how I experience things. And, and it, it felt for a long time that I was kind of devoid of feelings, right? Like I just, I'm like, I don't get them. Like it just, they don't make any sense to me, but the sensory experience of emotional energy was very pure for me. Like I could sense it in my body and, um, and then I had nothing to do with it other than to overlay it with trying to understand it through using words about that that were tied into thoughts or feelings, right? So I'm with you. I would love, and it's fascinating to me that we use the same word, like feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, is it a sensory thing or is it a, an emotional thing? And then emotional energy in and of itself, people are really starting to get clear about like, when I say emotional energy, I mean like it's a sensory experience in the body. And it's like, okay, we need new words, folks. Like, cause, cause it's too, and, and, and I laugh I, even as I say that, because I think it was very purposeful on our part because it is the evolution of your comprehension of it. So when I talk about love, it's like, I'm not talking about the feeling of love. I'm talking about the frequency of love. Well, same is true with emotional energy, I'm not talking about the emotions of emotional energy you know whatever however you want to describe like the thinking about it um the story around it it's the frequency of it um and and really attuning ourselves to that yeah for me the for me it helps to make the separation between the story and then what's happening in my body Mm -hmm. because they don't they don't have to be in tandem they don't have to be linked like i was sharing that experience with you of being cried and watching watching the tears move through feeling my body heaving with sobs hearing the sound coming out of my voice and there being absolutely no story of grief attached to it just watching this energy move through my body and then it was done and it felt so good afterwards i just let it through let it come out and then it was complete and there was like total space in left behind Mm, that feels so beautiful as you're saying it we're going we're gonna to take a pause here and take a quick break. We've been talking with Tatiana Berenday about self-love and the body. So stick with us because when we come back, I really want to dive into how do we delineate between um, the concept of self-love, meaning that you have to like everything about exactly where you sit right then. I think there's a big misconception there. So, so stick with us. We'll be right back. 
Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming back with us. You're listening to the Superpower Podcast. We're talking with Tatiana Berende, one of our superpower experts, and we're talking about self-love and the body. And as promised, I really want to ask you this question. I really want to, so I guess I'm just going to ask you the question of, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot of people as they're going through this like body image process. It say things like, well, I'm supposed to love everything about me. So I guess I love the fact that I have this extra fat on my arm. And I love the fact that, you know, my, my second toe is so much longer than my first. And, 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 they're, and, and they, you feel them struggling with it because it's like, yeah. no, they don't really like that about themselves, but they're telling themselves they have to love that. So let's really narrow down. What are we talking about when we talk about self-love? I love that you brought that aspect up. That was actually a huge part for me. So when I had my daughter, I gained 75 pounds with her. And I felt so disgusting in my own skin and i would look at myself in the mirror and just be like oh this is like gross like i can't and i had you know my friends around me were like oh you're this like big beautiful goddess mama i'm like i'm glad that that's what you're experiencing that's not my experience <laughs> you're like thanks what else can i do for you <laughs> yeah, thanks i'm glad i can be your like beautiful fat friend like that's not it's not working for me anymore um, <laughs> Wait, 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 I can't listen to you right now. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I could be your beautiful fat friend. <laughs> I think some people, like, it makes them feel better to have, like, a, someone who they can, who, like, well, I'm loving the fullness of your body, therefore it makes me a better person because you're a different form and I can love it, you know? And, and ultimately, they're going, gosh, I'm glad I'm not like that. <laughs> Yeah, like really, come, let's, let's get real here. Oh, Lord, that's hilarious. Okay, you can continue. <laughs> so I was in this experience and I hated it. And finally, I got to a place where I was like, you know what, I can sit here hating on myself or I can get up and start walking and moving my body the way it's designed to move. And for me, and that, and that was doing something about it. And I can start changing what I'm putting into my body instead of like, oh, I hate how fat I am. I'm going to eat some more cheese. Like, like I can actually put something different into my body. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, that was the beginning. It was like, it was catalyzed by self-hatred. Um, but I got to a point where I was like, enough is enough. I'm not going to just sit here hating myself. I'm going to do something about it. And and so sometimes that's, sometimes that's what self-love looks like. It looks like taking action to change what you don't like instead well, of yes. yourself that you don't, that you, that you can somehow like be okay with what you don't like and get to a place of, of liking it. I think there's a, there's a part of the journey where you actually have to kind of get disgusted and to be able to make the change you want to make. And there are some things like if your toe is longer, you can't change that. Right. 
I don't know. That's not that that made me maybe, that may not be true. Maybe you can. What's their names? The um uh um um um, um, um the the people who started Unity. What was her name? She did this whole like regrow like grew her leg like two inches or something. What was no. who who was what was her name? I don't know. I oh know. goodness. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, okay, go on. So toes. We're we're done talking about toes. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I got off on a little tangent there, but I just... I, 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 I'm still back on beautiful fat friend and eating cheese. <laughs> You're like, it's such a really important piece. Like, like sometimes self-love looks like changing some things to really be honoring this beautiful temple that we've been gifted. Like I really, for me, especially the woman's body, like is such a sacred thing that we we've been gifted this amazing body these amazing wombs that become these portals for new life to come through like that like when you really stop to think about what the woman's body can do it's kind of mind-blowing um and like like we are vessels for cosmic creation and that's no small thing and and i would love to see more and more women just really honoring that about what this physical vessel allows them to create really like the word responsibility can be so weighted um, and uh, there's all this like guilt stuff that comes up in our culture when we use the word responsibility. But I do, I do think it's a sacred responsibility that we've been given as women with these bodies and to really, to honor them um, and to, to use them the way that they've been designed to be used. That's really. So, So let's, let's alter that and say it's a sacred responsibility that we've chosen. You know, if we abide by the understanding that, that we chose this, like um, I was talking with somebody yesterday, I don't remember now the context of the conversation, but it was like, I am very clear that I chose all of this packaging for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the juxtaposition, the cul- not juxtaposition, but the culmination of um, so many variables and each one plays a significant role in the contribution I'm making here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, all the body image, body transference, body transmutation pieces I've worked through all of the, you know, white middle-class American, you know, that, that kind of model educated, like there, there's all of these pieces, soldier, counterintel agent, like, like all of it comes into play um, mother, spouse, you can't deny a single piece of it. And I think that that's the beauty in really stepping into full on autonomy. It says, I own the fact that I chose all of this. Now I'm ready to figure out why, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I talked to so many people between, you know, the, the business consulting that, that Justin and I do the coaching on the other aspect of things. And it's this, well, I don't know why I'm here. And I don't know why I'm here. And I don't know why I'm here. And it's like, well, here's the deal. Like if you're still saying, I'm trying to figure out why I'm here, but I don't really want to look at these other pieces or I, I really hate, you know, my body, but, but why am I here? And it's like, those are all entwined in my opinion. Like until you've really done that work, you're not going to know because there's magic in all of those decisions. There's magic in those choices that you made, but you first have to be willing to say, I made those choices. And, and, and maybe not you as like small self human being, you here in this, in this exact moment in time and space, but you as the divine essence of who you are, what I'm calling, by the way, the super self, because, you know, why not? Um, you know, that, that concept made those choices. 
which aspect of you are going to identify with the one that feels a victim to those choices or the one that is empowered to say, I chose that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the work in my opinion that leads to, or is in tandem with um, being able to really step into that true self love space. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's something that's coming up for me, which I think may be like part of a, a different, larger conversation, but it definitely, the question arises when I hear you, speak about about this because on on one level i'm like totally on board and then there's this like this little voice in the back of my head like well what about like all these like hundreds and thousands of people who are starving and who you know don't have access to clean water and like like how do we address that conversation with with that reality so i don't i think that the biggest challenge of the one I, i start from the basic premise of there are no victims in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to look here Mm -hmm. and see a picture Mm -hmm. and have all of our overlays on emotions and stories and everything else about what it means. So I constantly ask, is it possible that this means something else? Um, I like to leave open space so that I don't move automatically into judgment. So we would assume that if people don't have clean water, that's bad, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's, it's too fluffy to say, oh, la, they chose that. You know, that, that's, that's not a helpful dialogue. What is helpful is remembering that the concept of oneness is one of the most powerful dialogues we, or one of the most powerful conversations we can have. And so first and foremost, refusing the, the, the smaller self's desire to separate and to say, um, you know, that, that's not me. I'm over here, they're over there. And the smaller self's desire to um, enmesh in that, right? And so there's this beautiful dance that can be done of like, okay, what, what's the contribution to this? So it's both the individual expression of it, but also the, wait, what are we doing about this? Like, if that is an aspect of me that is suffering if we if we can if we can be so bold as to overlay with suffering what can i do about that not from the let me do this thing so it makes me feel better about myself but that's a piece of me that i need back thank you yeah in wholeness Yeah, yeah yeah and that and that i think that feels so true and so right i was at this um amazing uh women's embodiment retreat out in california called the hunroot um festival just recently and there was an incredible workshop that I took part in that was sort of it was called uncomfortable grace and it was looking at in like how we embody oppression and um what was fascinating was that essentially through the course of this workshop we were asked to embody all these really challenging things and um like the woman who was leading it was you know she had brown skin and she she had us walking through the space and she said, you know, I'm going to make an impact now. I'm going to say something that's going to have an impact. And I want you to take on the physical form of what, how you feel when I say this, that I'm afraid to have children because I don't want to bring more brown babies into the world because of how I've been treated. And, and so, and she, so she led us through this. And so we're looking around at all of these bodies taking on this, this element of this feeling of how that felt in our body and then how it felt to be in a village whose trees had been cut down and, and had no water because of it. And, and looking at the shape that we were in and, and, and through the course of this, this, um, 
experience we were led to connect with one another and to just really be to see each other in the state that we were in without having to change it or fix it but just to really be present and and be with one another in that aspect of suffering and then what was so beautiful was that we came into um, you know we started to help each other up off the ground and we were walking together and what eventually happened without any direction or instruction, we self-organized into a circle. And, um, and it was so powerful. It was like we drew the map with our bodies of how to move through what's happening right now on earth and all these various aspects. It was, I can't even put words to how profound and powerful it was, but it was, it was like drawing the map from okay, all these different aspects of separation and suffering and into that experience of unity and oneness. It was like amazing. Well, and it's like with everything, you know, I I always marvel at, you know, how things have unfolded. And so, you know, I don't talk a ton about the, my, my degrees in my bachelor's in intercultural communication and my master's in critical race theory, but that played a really important role in me being able to see things the way that I see them now. So I did a ton of training um, with um, large corporations and academia and stuff like that in the realm of diversity training, but always from the space of intergroup relations because that dialogue allowed for all social identities to kind of be present. Mm-hmm. And my argument was that in, in the majority of quote unquote diversity trainings, it was always one group trying to educate the other about mm-hmm. something. And if we we don't allow for the richness of experience and ultimately like it's easy to talk about privilege, but, but if you abide by the concept of oneness and total responsibility about the choices that we made to be here, then it kind of negates some of that victim kind of, and um, let, let's not say victim because that's almost too trite and cliche at this point, but, but um, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, being, being on the receiving end of certain circumstances and the, um, you know, when, so, so, so there's, there's these real fine, fine, fine lines there. Um, and so everything that you're talking about is extremely beautiful. And if not managed from a conversation of responsibility and, Mm -hmm. um, wholeness of the individual, it, it quickly falls into the, um, oh, those poor people kind of yeah. mentality. Totally. And so it, it, it's like everything we've talked about, like the hero's journey, you know, you start off in this naive kind of, oh, the world's this great adventure and yay, all this stuff. And, and then you go through all these trials and tribulations. And you're like, screw this, this sucks, you know, and you're kind of like all the way through it only to get to the end where you're like, oh, wow, the world is this amazing adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Same is true for conversations about like, oh, we're all one we're all the same. And it's like the melting pot and the, all of those really bad analogies um, that if you're talking about them in ignorance, like, Oh, but we're all one, la, you know, it negates those experiences and the richness of the, the, the depth of the diversity that, that we all um, yeah. represent. But what you find is then you kind of separate everything out and go, Oh my gosh, look at what this group has gone through and look at what these people have experienced and look at all this stuff and look at what I went through and da, 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 da. It's like, we're all different and wait, my, my pain was worse than yours. And then that, yeah. that desire to like um, one up each other on that only to traverse through all of that, to get to the place where you're like, Oh, okay. Yes, we are one, yeah, well, one. I know. but it's from wisdom and experience in traversing yeah. versus 
ignorance and, and being naive. And so, it, but you can't explain that to somebody until they've gone through it because it sounds the same. Yeah. So as you're explaining this experience, like it's, it would be easy for somebody to still feel as though they have traversed through their own stuff simply by going through that experience. Mm-hmm. You had a different experience with it because of, um, you know, the full package that, that you brought into this world and the connections that you've had and the growth that you've done. Yeah. Um, you're able to see it for the purity of the power that it wields when we gather bodies together and trust their innate wisdom and their combined wisdom and allow them to guide us into what comes next. Yeah. That's a whole different conversation than being like, Oh no, we can all come together and experience what it's like to be oppressed. And it's like, well, no, but yes, because that's an aspect of who we are, but it, but it does matter. You know, that the journey in that regard does matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And, you know, like you and I have talked about, there's, there's, I I think that you, I think that as we're moving stuff through the collective, we need to be able to identify with some of that stuff and move beyond it. And so my, my rule is always like, as soon as you've kind of mastered a process or a mentality, you're done with it. What lies beyond it? Yes. What's next? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's easy to get stuck in dialogues that affirm a certain aspect of your existence, but that always becomes a crutch. Yeah. Always, you know? And so it's like, you know, that's old, that's old dialogue. Like we've, we've, we've had these dialogues for a very long time. Um, just, just like what happened with the current election in the U S you know, the, the, the conversations are around women um, based on what transpired from the current election, it was like, you know, I kind of stepped back and went, wait a second, like, this sounds oddly familiar. Like, haven't we done this before? You know, but it, but it's being able to go, okay, well, why, what does the dialogue still serve? Yeah. Why do we continue to have it? And is there a more evolved way perhaps to have it now? Yeah. And this, this leads, you know, you and I, I think this is like a, a whole other topic, but we, we've been talking about the whole concept of responsibility when it comes to women's choices and how we, how we are moving in our bodies and, you know, moving through the world. And I think it's a much larger conversation, but I do think that there comes a point where exactly like you were saying, like the victim piece needs to get put down and it's kind of like, okay, how long are you willing to sing that song before you like my whole fat experience of like, before you actually do something to change it? Yeah, before you stop eating the cheese. Right. right. <laughs> well, but I, but I, and you said, you know, this, this is a whole separate conversation and it absolutely is. And that is self-love to be able to say, wait, does this continue to serve me? Yeah. If yes, then okay, keep doing it. If no, can I change it? Yeah. As opposed to, and, and, and to me, the biggest part of that dialogue is saying, you know, nobody has to respect you. Nobody has to not oppress you. Nobody has to grant you privileges. Nobody has to listen to you. Nobody has to. And and nobody will until you get to the place of, wait a second, like, I'm going to speak anyway. Right. I'm going to say it anyway. And and so I think that it's it's erroneous to make demands of people, but rather to step into the space where it would be impossible for them not to respect that. 
Exactly. exactly. And that's a whole different conversation, in my opinion. Well, that's embodiment. In, Ooh, in look at that. Look at how we tied that back together so nicely. <laughs> we know what we're doing. <laughs> no, we just put on a good show, folks. Trust me. <laughs> that's what happens when conversations are guided. It's like, you know, it, it, it's so magical to allow the information to unfold without um, trying to control it. And so I, I love the fact that it worked around back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we, when we're in that place of honoring and loving ourselves enough to not demand with words and with legislation, but with our energetic presence and the way we show up, um, you can demand respect and command respect in a room just based on how you hold yourself in mm -hmm. yourself. And that is an entirely different thing than being like an energetic terrorist or, you know, shouting at the top of your lungs because no one's hearing you. That's right. Which is really a fear-based concept anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and more, some people, that's an easier journey than others. And I just want to name that and like honor and respect that for some people, the journey back into the body is like not quite as easy because of the way that um, our cells store information and some information is really maybe not information that we want to revisit. And so it, some people want to stay outside of the body because of that. And yet, you know, to be, to really be able to fully claim yourself and, and, and really embody all that you came here to be we have to be we have to be willing to be in these bodies and we have to be willing to to feel through them um to to be able to have that experience of commanding a presence and, and showing up the way we want to show up and being treated the way we want to be treated yeah absolutely and it's um and I, and I do think that that adds another layer of like subtle nuances and everything else to um impact you know and and it, it's such a, an amazing conversation when you're willing to go to the depths of it and and ultimately i get that it, exactly what you said it's challenging for some people to go into that embodiment space but i will tell you that all efforts to control your external environment without doing that are for naught. um it's impossible I, I was reading um i love paul selig's books and uh the one i'm reading now was talking about um and you know if you're not willing to see basically the divinity within yourself, then I'm, I'm bastardizing it. But, but if you're not willing to see the, the divinity within yourself, you, you, you won't be able to have an impact on or change or alter in any way the external environment. Mm. Um, actually, I don't think that's anywhere close to what they said, but that's what I took from it. Um, and so I'm like, I'm like, really, I don't even think those are the words they use. But that was how it resonated within me was like, you have to do that step first. And, that, and embodiment is a big part of that. Um, so let's go, let's go really quickly into, um, briefly tell folks what you're doing over at superpower experts with regard to some of these yummy topics and, and, and responsibility of energy. Yeah. So I have a program that I run called reclaiming your sexual self. It's, um, it's particularly geared towards, um, women who've had children. Um, and this program is really specific in that I'm focusing on women with daughters because I find that to be just such a powerful line working the matrilineal line that way. Um, I've just, and it's a six week program that really helps women to get back into their bodies. And oftentimes birth can be a challenging experience for many. 
um, and we can become, you know, our bodies change a lot through the process of carrying life. And there's a lot of stuff that can come up and can make not only our experience with ourselves challenging, but our experience with our partners, our experience with other people in our lives. And so this, this program is really just helping women to get loving on themselves again and enjoy their bodies, enjoy their lives, enjoy their pleasure. Um, and so it's a six week program that outlines sort of tools and uh, resources on how to do that. And there's a group, a group that goes along with it. So everyone who runs through that program, there's a, a, a secret group within the net that they get to be within community with one another, shared experience that way, um, way to connect in between. We have weekly um, phone calls and weekly webinars that go along with that group. Um, it's a really juicy, juicy program. Mm, so beautiful. And, and, and if you, you, you've gotten a sense of Tatiana on this call, and it's just magical, the spaces that she takes people into. Um, so I'm very, very, very honored uh, to journey beside you. And if you want to find out more about Tatiana, you can go to superpowerexperts.com and go to the about page and um, click on her beautiful smiling face there and, um, and, and read more about her. So she's, she does magical stuff. And the net is a great place for you to go and, and connect in with, um, really cool people doing different things. So um, that's just one aspect of what we cover, but it's such a crucial aspect. If that resonates with you, I highly recommend, um, you know, you take a peek at it. So very cool. Well, Tatiana, I love these conversations um, and I'm excited to do many, many, many more with you. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Yay. All right. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. So go out in the world, uncover your superpowers, and then change the world. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.